When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. If you look for it, every day has cause for celebration. Celebrate a friend for their promotion baby wedding life thing. Celebrate yourself for keeping the couch warm. It's no easy feat, especially if it's a big couch. Or maybe you just want to celebrate living in 2023 where you can get beer, wine, and spirits delivered from Drizzly in under 60 minutes without leaving said couch. So download the Drizzly app or go to drizzly.com. That's D-R-I-Z-L-Y dot com and get your favorite drinks delivered today. Crazy ways are ever dead And the way you wear your clothes If I stay with you, girl Welcome back to Almost Famous Minute, where we're discussing the 2000 Cameron Crowe film Almost Famous, one minute at a time. I'm Eric Nash from Watchmen Minute. I'm Aaron Stark from uh, my TED Talk, uh, I Was Almost a School Shooter. Yeah, and that's that's amazing stuff you do there um, with uh, the, the, the various, I think initially, like, you know, like, you know, uh, on a, on a, on, a, on to to you a local news news segment, and then to onto TED Talks, and then, oh, it's just great what you've done, getting yeah, your story you. out thank there. You. And it actually started of all places in a, a post in a bizarre political group on yeah. Facebook. Oh, jeez. And then ended up being yeah. now if you Google Aaron Stark, you'll see a whole range of different videos and speeches from me. So oh, yeah. it's. It definitely changed my life. Never, never to let anybody tell you that writing something on Facebook isn't worthwhile. <laughs> That's amazing. Um, so, uh, so glad to have you back for this minute. You were, I think we kind of thought might get you in the last couple or so, but, uh, but this one, I, I really wanted to get you back in here around here and, uh, and we'll definitely hit you a couple up, up a couple. Uh, we'll definitely hit you up again a couple more times. I think, uh, in, to the end. Um, for Absolutely. at least for a minute, two or three, maybe even at a couple points. Um, uh, but I think we just got this one minute here and this week is minute 71 and it starts with William sitting in a chair in the hotel hallway and ends with William telling his mom about his plans. Yes. It's quite, quite a, it, not very, not a very dialogue heavy scene, but there's a lot of, uh, character building going on. Yeah, well, yeah, right. It, coming from the scene, yeah, that's definitely the big thing we kind of talked a good bit about last minute uh, with Casey, um, where, you know, yeah, it just had that one line, um, and then we move into this next, the, the whole minute, where it's going to it's gonna definitely build up. We have a few more lines, but still not that many. Um, but just, just to kind of take care of uh, what would have happened this minute, I, I, I went through it really you know the word by word uh dialogue uh, for the deleted scene that that was actually itself a minute long um that occurs right here at the very beginning of this of this minute uh, truly for us so if i go over that real quick um it's, okay. it's to, to summarize it in a sense it's that 
what's happening, what happens is, is after he gets, he, or, you know, he's crying and he seemingly, I guess, falls asleep. So what, what the way the, this, this deleted scene that's a minute long starts is that it's, 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 it's what William sees is Russell standing in front of him in this, you know, in front of the chair with a Polaroid camera. Taking, I guess he's just taking a picture and, uh, you know, it, 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 it's then, and the Penny, Penny ends up being that right there too. You don't quite see her right off the bat, but she comes into view and, and it's just this, you know, it's just this big struggle between, and William really putting up his defenses in a very just awoken state of, you know, I, I'd never hear, hear this, heard this voice of his before. I don't think throughout the movie. And I don't think I hear it again really, but it, it's just, just, he definitely does this other kind of voice of just just awoken kind of almost i think maybe the big reason for it but it's just you know this this fight of continuing on with the tour and going to cleveland which is definitely mm. what we get the rest of this minute so that's that's the, yeah. that's the amazing thing about about uh that that minute that deleted minute yeah that definitely is a theme of these couple minutes we're in the middle of here is the the yeah. Uh, William getting pulled along into the chaos of what the tour is actually like. And you can see that in the beginning of this minute where as soon as you open up and as soon as the music hits, then you have the all the celebrity that isn't really apparent. Like you don't really see the celebrities themselves. Instead, you get to see the crowd reaction and how crazy all the fans are and how they're just going insane for their stars. And the and the one main star <laughs> that they're really talking about this 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 minute oh, is uh, Bowie. Bowie, I would have, I, I can understand that that craziness at the time. He would have been yeah. one of the biggest stars in the entire world. And you can see a guy in this minute with his uh, Ziggy Stardust <laughs> face paint, and that that character not only was a huge album but fundamentally changed music, in my opinion. And I think that it opened up the doors for a whole genre of glam into the eighties that there's kind of a direct correlation from David Bowie to poison to Nirvana mm-hmm. of all mm-hmm. things. Yeah. And well, yeah, I mean, yeah, they definitely were big. It was big. It was big for the album for the, for the, on the show unplugged their cover of, um, uh, uh the man who sold the world. Mm-hmm. Yep, it's, exactly. Yeah. It's, it's, and it's, then I, also, I'd, never, I'd never heard that song before of Bowie's Bowie's version. I just heard that cover without knowing, <laughs> except except you know, for I a was, little bit of a hint or whatever. I think he says right before going into it. Here's a here's a here's a song by. I'm, I'm right there with you. I didn't I didn't know who yeah. that song was until until I heard the Nirvana version. Mm-hmm. And then that made me go back and listen to the yep. Bowie version. Yep. And uh, Marilyn Manson had, was a big. Oh. He was hugely influenced by Bowie for a couple of his albums also. Okay. So there's a there's been a bunch of uh, Bowie in different genres that he's been asked. So yeah. I can understand being a fan in that in that time, completely going insane and wanting to do everything you can to be right next to Bowie. Uh-huh. Um, and and so part of what that last that deleted scene, you know, is is, is this is a mantra that they're almost doing to come come to Cleveland, and they I think they even mentioned uh, this this hotel Swingos. Um, that we end up uh, uh, having the shift to. We have this little cutscene of the bus going down the road. I think you know. I think it. I think it's pretty. You know, it's it's dusk or even you know, almost barely after dusk. You know, at night, a nighttime. Mm-hmm. Definitely doesn't seem morning like at all. But um, 
but then it gets it right into the hotel and it's and it's uh russell in the foreground with dick right there almost shoulder to shoulder pretty much um at points uh coming through and they're just there's just these little haze hello and oh my god you know by by one girl or another um as they're walking through so so they're getting the treatment a bit but yeah, it's it's definitely this bigger. You know, Bowie is a, a much higher level than they are. <laughs> well, and it, it's ha- having experienced just a tiny taste of that kind of yeah that kind of celebrity mm-hmm. response. It can be overwhelming even in the smallest bits. So I can uh, like from William's perspective going through that, I could understand that would be that'd be a lot to to handle all of a sudden everybody coming at you and and for the band, I'm sure especially having built up over the course of the movie so far, the, the psychology of, of the different characters in the band, they really crave that kind of adulation from everybody. Mm-hmm. I would say, especially Jason Lee's character, even yeah. though he's not really featured much in this scene, I would think. Yeah, right. He, well, he's the only one besides Russell and Dick. He's the one I spot the most, the easiest because he, and he is one of the taller people <laughs> Yeah, uh, between the, be, between the band the 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 roadies and the and the band aids and then William too, yeah and his character definitely would be one that would just soak in all the, as much celebrity as he possibly could mm-hmm. he just wants uh, he wants everybody to cheer him so and there are these other I mean there 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 is these different levels of of these fans though too um, that I kind of uh, noticed and wanted to say something about that. You know, I mean, there's this one, you know, a lot of them are, most of these fans seem to be standing around and, and having a pretty good time and waiting for these rock stars. But then there's, you know, a couple at least that you see like second 16 that are sitting, sitting in the, in these lounging ish chairs with, you know, an ottoman, mm-hmm. what have you, footstool type thing, you know, and, and, you know, they're, they're just. You know, I mean, maybe maybe they're under the influence, you know, a bit, but they're they're taking. There are certainly some of these fans that are just taking it a little bit more easy, seemingly. Well, and the question there is: is that, are those fans or are those other band uh, members from other bands? Because that that's could be the thing about these hotels yeah. is that, that people are just wander randomly wandering around. That oh, that's the bassist from Cream, and there's the drummer from Wings, and like uh-huh. like you have all these different celebrities just kind of milling around and honestly how are you going to pick out like by sight most of these 70s rockers (laughs) of all of all the time periods that one did kind of blend together with a very same kind of look to a lot of people yeah i mean this yeah it's not like rock stars at this time some most weren't wearing quite the garish stuff that they had been just three, four, five years yeah. prior, and then three, four, five years after. <laughs> this is yeah, a, this is a David sweet Bowie, spot of... Yeah. If David Bowie walked yeah. through, he'd get swamped, but David Bowie's keyboard player right. might not get swamped. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, 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 okay, just, and just to uh, make sure we actually uh, hit it, too, because it, because there there was the fade-in of, uh, of a of, of a Bowie song that is itself a cover of Velvet Underground. Um, their their song uh, waiting for the man. And, no, I didn't uh, know that was a cover. Yeah, it's yeah. If, yeah, if definitely check out if you haven't listened to much Velvet Underground. It's it's like on on the best of. I only have really the best of, and I've had it for a long time. But it's but it's a great great compilation of great songs. Velvet Underground is definitely definitely an underrepresented band. I, yeah. I would say that they uh, 
yeah, that definitely one to pick up if you're. But it's but it's it's the it's the lead off song on on the on the best of album that I have at least, um, and uh, it, there, there's a reason for that. I mean, it's just, it's just got a, it's got a great groove and and Bowie does it. Bowie does it. Um, actually grooves it up just a little bit more. So what, what you're hearing, you know, it's not quite as grooving for, I think. Well, and Velvet. if there's one thing this movie's proven, it's that, that it has a really fine taste in uh, soundtrack. So I've I've listened to the almost famous soundtrack by itself for years, just because the yeah. some of the songs on it are just they bring back a lot of memories for me. Definitely. Uh, on that topic, really quick, while soon, yeah. while we're on that, what would be your favorite song out of the soundtrack? Ooh, mm. you know one that's grown on me, and it's definitely it's definitely an early one too. Um, and and I because because I've really only listened to pretty much the the best of for. Uh, Jethro Tull, um, their song "Teacher," um, that's, that's oh. earlier in the movie. I, I, I think I dig that one pretty well at this point. That's a that's a good one. My yeah. my personal one would be the Simon and Garfunkel "America." Oh yeah. Well, that and that's been a favorite. Well, well, you know, even before I saw this movie, that's for sure. I I was I was aware of them. My my dad was was pretty big into Simon Garfunkel, and 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 that I just I just grew into that pretty pretty well when I was an early teen. Um. My my mom was more into uh, Janis Joplin and yeah. the hippie side of it, so the Simon Garfunkel was cool kind of laughed at a little yeah. bit. Which, were, in retrospect, yeah. I looked at I I, I regret yeah. because I yeah. they're fantastic. Yeah, Simon more than Garfunkel. I think I I, I think now after after time, <laughs> I I've, I've never the, dug the into Paul any Simon. I've never dug into any Art Garfunkel solo stuff, but Paul Simon solo stuff is great. So. Well, I think I think the fact that we there's not much to dig into yeah. kind of lends credibility yeah. to, the, to that. Yeah. <laughs> the biggest thing I, I I know with his with Garfunkel solo stuff, he had a song called "Bright Eyes," and yeah. that's where the band, the indie band from the early or from the aughts, essentially and and current even too, um, uh, uh, "Bright Eyes" out of uh, uh, Omaha, Nebraska, along with the faint and cursive. Wow. Uh, so the band, the band Bright Eyes, and it's almost, almost just one guy, but uh, Connor Oberst. But uh, right on, there's a it's, other, it's amazing. There's a yeah. It's amazing there. the references Rolodex brains can produce. Yeah. <laughs> uh. Yes. Yeah. So. The, the the one other huge thing I thought about this scene is, is, is for this movie, it is the Moss Eisley Cantina scene of this movie, I think. You know, I would agree I mean, with that. The, the, a little little part of it that we've already, you know, gone into, this this being there for the stars, I mean that's definitely doesn't make sense. But overall, just just the general kind of uh you know it, it being kind of a walkthrough of of it, and you know, definitely it was replicated further. Definitely replicated further in Force Awakens and and Last Jedi, yep. and, you know. and with a little bit of touches of a den of iniquity kind of feeling. Yeah, because then as we transition yeah. from the from the, from the fans, then we go into the other version of a party where you have Penny dancing around mm-hmm. and with her coat. And I have to say that as a teenager, when this movie came out. Uh, this was in the VHS era before, like pre DVD. Right. I, I paused and rewound that scene so many times. I had yep. such a huge crush on Kate Hudson, and 
yeah, that <laughs> even though she said that she regrets ever having any nudity in her movie now because that uh, she just wishes that she didn't. Like, it wasn't a big regret for her, but she wishes that she made a different decision, which I can fully respect. Yeah. But yeah. As, a, as a teenager, I have to admit that oh, yeah. I was enraptured. Makes perfect sense, yeah. Um, the the one other thing here for this hotel, so it's Swingo's Celebrity Inn, so there's a guy named, and it's not apostrophe S at the end of Swingo's. That's, that's, that's the guy's actual name without an apostrophe. It, it ends with an S like that. Um, Jim Swingos. Um, and I found, I just, today I was <laughs> just doing a little extra research before we got, got going. And, um, so I found this one cleveland.com article and it's, it's great. It has references, even though it came out, um, um, at least a month after, or no, it came, uh, it came out, a, uh, yeah, at least a month after, uh, the movie came out. And actually, mm-hmm. a month to the day is when the guy himself passed away, though. Um, yeah. After after the movie came out, so it's just some sometime shortly after that is when they put this article out um, that that details and, and I actually even got an extra one more uh, one more person uh, for the inspirations that are possible at least. I don't you know I, I certainly haven't heard Cameron say it uh, for Penny Lane. And her name oh, is, yeah? uh, and, and it's a, it's a Cleveland only person, um, uh, band-aid groupie, what have you. Her name is Christine Boris. Um, okay. And, and, and she, at the time of the article of her being interviewed for the article and so forth. And, uh, I, th- I think it's, I think it's, uh, this Jim Swingos saying it in the article, uh, t- saying the story kind of, of him talking with her. He's saying that he uh, he's he he's seen the movie, but she hasn't, and he's saying that she should sue, <laughs> um, because because the similarity to him is so striking. But you know, it's 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 an amalgamation. There's 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 other aspects to Penny Lane in well, this it, movie that are. I mean, the name itself is is definitely another person. And Cameron Crowe. Cameron Crowe made no bones about it when he was when he first when the movie first came out that it was these were homages to people in his life that he yeah. knew and he just kind of smushed together four or five real people and made these yep. this band like from what I understand the band itself is kind of a mix of Led Zeppelin and Cream if I if I'm remembering correctly you know and I, I think I have Cream on my list you know and I, I understand that. But uh, yeah, I mean, it's 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 the four it's the four that I chose out of the, out of the five that kind of I was hearing a good bit when I far, when I first started this project. I've gotten a collection of a lot more since then. But you know, the Led Zeppelin, Almond Brothers, but the, but but the, but, but the big re- reason Almond Brothers are listed in there is just mainly because of um, uh, Dwayne or Greg. I, I still can't get uh-huh. which one's the right one to remember. Um, uh, that that Russell is very much uh, kind of uh, at least some yeah. aspects of Russell. Are, yeah, are, I could I could see him. that. You know, Leonard Skinner and Eagles. You know, it's it's. But then that fifth one is Poco, and then you know, yeah, Cream. Yeah, sure yeah. makes sense. I'm, I'm not. Three Dark I'm not sure sense. about the dude, the one that, the, the least one out there. I would say would be the Eagles. Honestly, yeah. I think the Eagles mm-hmm. would be because they seem to be more stable and break apart for different reasons than that. But I definitely can see the other ones on that list for sure. Yeah. 
Yeah, Led, Led Zeppelin and Cream to me were the biggest. Only Cream musically, only because it seems that their music on stage is really Clapton-esque mm-hmm. from that time frame. Okay, but yeah. but with a lot of Zeppelin influence. Yeah. So, but yeah, mm-hmm. the, the, it makes sense that that Cameron Crowe just kind of smushed together as an amalgamation, and he would do the same for people like with Penny Lane. That I'm sure he when he was on his tour with the bands that he saw a ton of various groupies that he kind of turned into Penny Lane. So, mm-hmm. and people, people could find themselves in works of fiction a lot, especially when you oh, yeah. really want to remain famous. <laughs> so, well, it's all, it's all the matter of, I mean, if, 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 if a, uh, a person supposedly writing fiction, you know, essentially just writes down a story and, you know, it's, all, all you have to do is switch out the name and everything fits perfectly, then that's probably kind of pretty bad. <laughs> but for, for for all, just one person. But if it's multiple people, mm-hmm. then, you know, mm-hmm. I don't know how you can sue. <laughs> well, and honestly, even with the changing with that, as long as you change the name, that's why they say based yeah, on a true right. story. Like, yep. they, they, they very rarely just movies or stories ever say this is exactly what happened. <laughs> Because it, those are, those are artistic... likely to be the <laughs> most boring stories. Yeah, then you have like a forty-hour movie because uh, life is slow. Yeah, right. Like, yeah. <laughs> life is like the military. It's like it's long periods of boredom punctured by brief periods of yeah. insanity. Yeah, because yeah, this this tour, this one tour that William is on with them for part of it, even you know, not not necessarily even all, the whole tour that he makes it. You know, mm-hmm. whether some cut off at the beginning, some cut off at the end, maybe. But um, you know, yeah, it's it's the amalgamation of five plus tours, <laughs> things that trips, you know, road trips that he went on with with various bands, uh-huh. these various bands. Um, so now there is uh, kind of diminishing returns of deleted scenes here, but here's here's the next one that pops up about this point where we're at. Um, so. There's a there's a guy and he's he's talking to this girl and he's saying it's memory of a free festival while they were at free club and you know that's vintage Bowie you know I mean the new stuff I mean Ziggy Stardust is good but it's it's mass media you know it's hamburgers for the apocalypse um, so I had to I've I've never listened to the full album Bowie's second. Wow. Some some kind of concert, his first, but second uh, album uh, with with Space Oddity on it. Um, that's really the only song I know from there. So I need to listen to this full album because I listened to this this one song that's saying here. So memory of a free festival, um, and that is a killer song, and it's and it's somewhat based off of a couple Beatles songs a bit. There's a little homageiness to it between a day what in I, life and what I find Jude. hilarious. I think that's hilarious that yeah. the fan is, is talking about how right. Ziggy Stardust is commercial yep. and that's now we're selling newest. out and, and exactly. And, and, and now it's looked at as this revolutionary avant-garde kind of going way out on his, on the limb kind of yeah. album. And, but at the time, you know, you get lost in the forest when you're looking at the trees so long Yeah, <laughs> and you, they, they, the critics are the worst, man. Critics are just the worst. No matter what, it's always the worst thing. And then ten years yeah, later, right. it was the best thing forever. 
And yep. Rolling Stone gets nailed for it a ton <laughs> with Zeppelin, mm-hmm. especially the probably one of the yep. biggest ones. Well, there's a bunch of them that they've done where they've reviewed the album that comes out and it's terrible. I think what was a, a big one they did? Uh, Straight Outta Compton. They did a review of Straight Outta Compton and they called it crap. Like it was just monotonous bull crap. And now they're like one of the most revolutionary rap albums of all time. Mm-hmm. And yeah. And, but, the, but they give people like, like Smash Mouth got like five stars. Like. <laughs> <laughs> it got all the stars. Um, yeah, all the stars. <laughs> uh, so, so at the end of this little blurb, this you know, this 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 thing that this one guy's saying in this conversation that we don't know any more of the conversation for, but um, that's that's when somebody runs through the lobby <laughs> covered by a bodyguard. So, and that's uh-huh. that's 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 when. Uh, guess who yells? It's Bowie. Uh, Nick Swords. Oh, okay. That so makes that's, sense. That's that right ties that into happens. Yep. that. That makes sense. Yeah. Although I don't, I don't, I think I, I would have a hard time believing that Bowie would run through covered in a in a uh, coat, only because he yeah. was a bit of an egotist himself. <laughs> Seems like he would get, maybe just walk through. I don't know. He he should have entered and said, "I am a golden god," right? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that would make sense. Yes. And Russell would be like, uh, okay, sure. <laughs> I really wish. Uh, so, so, you know, after that, the, the, like I said, Nick Swartzen, um, you know, what, what kind of like, uh, you know, I, I, I guess he, I guess he's essentially like a stand up, you know, but I mean, he's, he's definitely gone and done, you know, various, uh, other, other, other media, various media type things. For who? Nick, this Nick Swartzden. Oh, Nick Swartzden. Um, Nick Swartzden. Yeah. He's a great stand-up. He stand-up. is. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. He does. He does mostly stand-up. He does. He's done a couple different shows. Um, I think he was on. I can't. I don't want to say what the show was on and get it wrong. Um, but I know he's been on a couple different shows. And but his stand-up is fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. He's he's a he's well known in comedian circles. He's well respected. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah, and then they're you know so then so then we see the other this other part where it's at actually at the elevator with with this manager character he's he's you know the, definitely the most formal looking with this himself wearing a you know a sport jacket coat what have you mm-hmm. and some other people in in the elevator too that they're getting Bowie he's getting Bowie pushed into yeah. um, and that then it switched back to the shot that that's that's again it's 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 that. You know, Moss Eisley Cantina feel, you know, especially with the one guy <laughs> that's doing the, that has the heavy, uh, the Bowie cosplay, essentially. Yeah, for sure. With the giant lightning bolt across his face. And he's the one throwing glitter. There's other people. There's, there is this uh, one camera, which is very similar to a camera that my grandparents <laughs> gave me. Actually, there are a couple of people with these cameras, you know. Uh, not not the Polaroid type like that I, that I mentioned uh, earlier the minute, but um, mm-hmm. the kind you actually have, have to put film in and take it out and then take it somewhere get developed. <laughs> oh man, those cameras are going to be looked at like rotary phones. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's amazing how fast our te- technology shifts. Uh, but then, like you were saying, it cuts to kind of this. Essentially, it, it, it's a montage, and, and it's got the still got the Bowie uh, cover um, of uh, Velvet Underground playing. 
Um, so you don't really hear too much. I mean, maybe a little bit of this <laughs> frolicking type stuff that's happening. Um, but we got Jeff and uh, Plexia first, and Jeff playing mm-hmm. his acoustic guitar, running around after <laughs> Plexia in, in his room. We're in the debauchery now. Now, yeah, now we're right. in the, the, the other version of the party. Yeah. You know, hidden away in their rooms, and when uh, when when uh, Russell and or whoever else you know doesn't want it to be disturbed, <laughs> um, and then that, then that's when it uh, also happens. You know, this this uh, I think the final deleted. No, actually, there's one little more. Um, but uh, deleted scene that it's so it's a little bit more of just from behind uh, nakedness of that you're kind of starting to get point you know start starting to get to- going towards with uh, Penny. Um, you know, she definitely has the, the, the coat on at that point, at, at this point in this deleted scene. And Russell is kind of like leaning over uh, the bed somewhere in the, else, you know, in this room. And we don't see them in this minute. And then the minute goes on to on a whole nother scene later in the day or next day or something. Um, but, uh, you know, it's, it's just uh, Penny and you kind of... Uh, Walking towards the bed, taking her coat off, and sitting down on the bed. You know, very simple. Not 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 a whole lot to it. Um, but mixed in there, it's also, uh, after we get away from Jeff and Plexia, it's, you also have the scene where, uh, or it's, it's starting, you know, where she's got the champagne, she's popping it, popping it, and walking kind of towards Russell, who's just sitting on the floor in front of the couch at that point. So it's kind of going back and forth. And then, then the scene you talk about where she's where she's kind of dancing around in front of this mirror that's uh, you know there's a, some kind of dresser bureau and they even have a a very you know to me early eighties style boombox on on the on, on sitting on the dresser you know but eh, going all the way back to seventy three I guess that's possible there was something like that is that an eight track in there it's definitely can't, probably that can't probably, be probably eight track or record player <laughs> too early for that for the cassette no. type that, that you and I know. I think. Oh yeah. For, for what we know, but remember these are also musicians. So yeah. they would have playback equipment. Yeah. But so, you know, yeah, you definitely get uh, her, her breasts peeking out through under, underneath the coat while she's twirling around a bit. Yes. And that's the scene that I was just, I, I was enamored by her even before, but yeah, mm-hmm. I have to admit that I was a shallow teenage boy oh. and that was fascinating to me. <laughs> um and and she even comes over to wrestle at a point here where where i mean and, and it has him drinking from this bottle of champagne i assume you know some some kind of alcohol i'm sure and uh you know going in for a little makeout sessions to start off the the further activities i'm sure were, were, were to happen or continuing um, interestingly, right in right in front of them, I think that's a uh, uh, is that a Parcheesi board? I think. I think so. I think, that's I think Parcheesi, so. which was a really bizarre yeah. game. Yeah. I used to play it all the time when I was growing up, and I never really understood it. Yeah, right. Never totally. got what the point really was, <laughs> but it was popular for a little while. I don't know. It died off early on when I was growing up. <laughs> Um, and like I said, it's cutting back and forth, back and forth here a bit, and it also shows almost, you know, very subsequent to uh, uh, Penny and Russell starting to make out. Then it also shows uh, Jeff and Plexia on a bed, 
kissing mm-hmm. it up a bit. And then we get Liam sitting there by himself on his bed next to his telephone. Trying to figure out something to do, I guess. I don't know. It's crazy with the, the yeah, that you know, that the idea to sh- just show him sitting there is just is like, you know, just he's just he's just relaxing. She's dancing around being being the the girl trying to get all the attention and he's just chilling being the disillusioned rock star. Okay, yeah, for Russell. The, yeah, sitting yeah. yeah, sitting down. But then like what I was saying was William sitting on his bed, uh Oh well, that he's. Yeah. I think he's. He's just kind of relaxing. I. I he's. Yeah. He's not sure what. I don't know if he's kind of out of it. Not really sure what how to absorb it. I mean, you could tell when he's in the in the beginning, of the the end of this minute, which is kind of leading into the next minute, where he's calling his mom, and he's still kind of tenuously holding on to the past. But this is a, right about where it breaks. Although hers, it, it's kind of a bit of a spoiler for the next minute, but I'm not going to be here to talk about it. So the oh, yeah, the, the um the conversation that Russell then has with his mom yeah. is mm-hmm. hilarious, oh, yeah. and definitely asserts that while while William might be changing over the course of this adventure, his mom isn't really going to shift very much. <laughs> um. So yeah. So it then cuts hard cuts to. William on the phone, you can hear him, and then then the, and the camera zooms back just a little bit, so you can see him and Russell on the other side of the screen. Mm-hmm. But William is on the phone, and he, but but you hear hear him saying, "Hi, mom, I'm in Cleveland," so you, you should be able to figure out he's on the phone before you exactly see it. Um, she must say something. He then replies, "Oh, I'm fine. I'm fine." So, how are you? <laughs> Apparently, um, he, he continues, "I'm going to fly back Monday morning." And, you know, my big note here is that I'm kind of going to guess, say, roughly three times, maybe, that he's, you know, done done this delaying, you know. Oh, yeah, where know. he keeps on pushing it off. Where I'm, yeah. I'm, I'll be home, but now I'm going to go to Cleveland. No, we know we got this next stop, but I'll be home in just a bit. I'll be home before my, what was it that he was going to, there was some event that he was going to go to. Like a, I think it was like a. A, a drum so I don't remember what it was in the movie. I thought I thought that one time that William mentioned that he had to be back for something for school. Yeah, well, I mean, just it's the very end of this minute when he says, "I'll only miss one test." But that, yeah, that. I mean, there, there's definitely graduation being talked about at different point at some points, you know, and uh, yeah, you know, you know, yeah. He, you know, he you know he pre- he previously left you know saying I won't I I'm pretty sure I th- I'm pretty sure. You know, before he left, he said I'm not even going to miss any tests or something. You know, so now he's mm-hmm. you know, he's definitely missing one test at this point. But yeah, it's only and you can see test. Russell kind of Russell's kind of smirking that, and you can see that he's kind of he's going to be building up to asking for the phone, and mm-hmm. that's going to end hilarious. Um, and there are these girls in the background, which also kind of play a little bit of a role in what we see next. I mean, it's not 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 anything to for big for the plot, but just on a minute by minute basis, there's a little something yeah. that happens, kind of for the for the girls. I don't know if they're all supposed to kind of be band aids. I mean, one one person there is definitely uh, the bassist, um, Larry. Yeah, I well, I, I take it that they're 
the, the line between band-aids and groupies at this oh, yeah, point yeah. is a little bit blurred because of all the partying going on. I mean, even up in the room where Russell and Penny were hanging out, there was other guys, there was the other bandmates yeah. and their girls kind of running around too. Yeah, right. And not, not really much privacy separating between them. So, yeah. Yeah. And Ed is on the same side of the hallway as Russell is on the right. Yeah. Um, and so then we kind of get uh, this kind of last thing and it's Dick talking but it's with him sitting on a stage and he's talking with some fans. And so this is, you know, just, it's just, just really interesting that I just, I just now noticed that that, okay, that's Ed there on the right way back in the hallway. And so, but what Dick's, he starts off with Jeff and Russell, what he says here, Jeff and Russell are the figureheads of the band, but I think the true Stillwater fan, you know, absolute Stillwater fan knows the purity, the essence, the core of Stillwater's music comes from Ed Valancourt. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Silent Ed. That's just every band member trying to get a little bit of that shine onto themselves. <clears throat> the, get, the, getting uh, hyped up by the by the manager that is supposed to be Russell's best friend, but but hey, he throws around his uh his platitudes, some pla- some platitudes yeah. that is uh towards some of the other members sometimes apparently. <laughs> yeah. Well, and his, it's his job to pump up everybody that's around. Yeah. It just kind of shows the, the shallow nature of everybody that that they just want the spotlight on them. And that that's kind of the the sign for the split that's happening in the band. That yeah. is that 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 craving the spotlight kind of what drives them apart. Hmm. Well, uh, do you do you have any further notes or things you'd like to say about the minute? No, I. I it's one leading up to one of my favorite parts nice. of the movie. I, I like this whole area, the kind of a good scene, mm-hmm. good example of the normalness that William's striving for getting invaded constantly by the, the partying and yeah. partying is kind of taking over for a while, but William's seeing that he has to stay on his own rudder. So, yeah. Yeah. And he's talking and talking on the phone with his mother in front of other people, which we've had certainly one funny scene before with uh, the the intro of Beth from Denver. Mm-hmm. And we get that, uh, you know, it's not, it's not really anything funny yet in, in a sense, but definitely coming up. There's, there's the fun time, the fun times next minute. Yes. Yes, it is. Okay. So uh, Aaron, um, let, let's just hear again, you know, what, how people can find you, what whatever you might be doing anytime soon, but it seems like that might not be the case so much, unfortunately. <laughs> well, only because of the coronavirus has slowed things down. Right. But yeah, um, follow me on Twitter at StarkDad1315. I have a YouTube channel, Aaron Stark. Um, I'm going to be pu- putting up more videos with that. I did upload a video just the other day, so I'm going to be trying to upload more of those. Um, I am... On Facebook, I have a Facebook group called You Are Not Alone. Um, I was just a guest on the Awfully Irish podcast. So if you look up Awfully Irish, I was just a guest on that the other day. We talked about politics and people leaving radicalization. Um, So yeah, just follow and find me around. I'll be back on this show again too. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, we can't wait until that happens. Um, Somewhere down the road, like I was mentioning. Um, but so this was uh, minute seventy one. Um, uh, besides being on the Pantheon Podcast Network, which you can find uh, by going to pantheonpodcast.com, dot uh, this show and feels like Weezer and like fifty other shows. 
are all all about rock and roll or at least somewhat related like country music or rap i think are thrown in there sometimes too um but then uh one one other thing i definitely want to point out i want to point out every now and then um uh is uh for the whole movies by minutes community you can find uh at this point just just here this weekend uh or when we're recording uh we're now up to 177 different uh, shows that are listed there at moviesbyminutes.com. Uh, 177 different shows. That's not movies because plenty of the shows have multiple movies <laughs> in them. Uh, much yeah. like uh, the originators, uh, pretty much of, of of the style, at least of doing it daily, which I've gone away from. That's for darn sure. Um, of uh, Star Wars Minute and uh, good old Pete and Alex there. That started Star Wars Minute, and can't wait until they uh, get to Last Jedi sometime soon. I believe is I believe that's the next one. It should be coming from them. Um, so, uh, like I said, this is minute seventy. This was minute seventy one, and we'll be back next time with minute seventy two. And big, huge thanks again, to Aaron. And until then, it's all happening. It's all happening. I am a golden god! With one of the best savings rates in America, banking with Capital One is the easiest decision in the history of decisions. Even easier than choosing Slash to be in your band. Next up for lead guitar. You're in. Cool. (laughs) Yep, even easier than that. And with no fees or minimums on checking and savings accounts, is it even a decision? That's banking reimagined. What's in your wallet? Terms apply. See CapitalOne.com slash bank for details. Capital One and a member FDIC. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.